John Roderick. We speak to you from our present, which we can only assume is your distant past, the turbulent time that was the early 21st century. Fearing the great cataclysm that will surely befall our civilization, we began this monumental reference of strange and obscure human knowledge. These recordings represent our attempt to compile and preserve wonders and esoterica that would otherwise be lost. So whether you're listening from an advanced civilization or have just reinvented the technology to decrypt our transmissions, this is our legacy to you. This is our time capsule. This is the Omnibus. have accessed entry 1317.LA0312, certificate number 33486, the Tootsie Pop Indian. How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll center of a Tootsie Pop? <laughs> the world may never know. Now I should say right from the get-go <clears throat> that there are there's a lot of writing on this topic online, and uh and recent writing has gone to great pains to describe the Tootsie Pop character as the Tootsie Pop Native American. Yeah, the TPNA. Uh, but I think it's clear when you look at the rapper that the picture is not depicting an actual Native American, but rather a boy, uh, a young, you know, mid-century suburban child wearing uh, his uh, approximation of an Indian chief costume with a toy bo- boy and arrow. Bo- I'm sorry, a toy bow and arrow. Toy boat, toy boat? A toy, a toy boat and arrow. I don't know if I had ever noticed that, that it wasn't an actual proud native chief. It's just a dumb kid dressed up. It's a dumb kid dressed up, and in fact, all of the... Oh, um, it is. You can tell by just the, the, how the headdress goes down to the... Yeah. Halfway down its back. Yeah. Uh, so so it, it it's um, it's kind of... I, 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 it's um, emblematic of our time that so much of the recent writing uh, describes this this little person as a Native American rather than as an Indian. Right. The idea that you can solve centuries-long social problems with a quick uh, <laughs> word, word find and replace. Right. And, and the AP Style Guide now has just recently uh, changed its, um, its what, what is it, its prescription yeah. that we no longer say uh, Indian. We, do, we can can't say American Indian. American or Indian that- and Native American are both okay, according to the Associated Press. And until this right. year, in subsequent mentions, you could just say, uh, you know, local Indian authorities or whatever. But now you should say local, local Native American authorities or local American Indian authorities. And if you're in Canada, you would say First Nations. Of course. We always hear from Canadians right. every time we say Indian or Eskimo, and we love that. Keep doing that. And we don't say Eskimo at all. That uh, that now is, uh, I, I don't think the AP uses that word. No, anymore. we. I think we would have, I think we have said it in historical contexts. Yes. Or maybe Eskimo pie. But in the, in the case of, uh, of the Tootsie Roll rapper, um, and I don't mean I don't mean uh, the rapper Tootsie Roll. <laughs> love, uh, I, I mean love, the, love that guy, the Tootsie Pop rapper rather. 
Um, I am going to, I'm going to, to make a point of order, I'm going to say, um, for the purposes of this show, that every character appearing in the repeating set of drawings that are on a Tootsie Roll wrapper, they're all children, and in, in most cases, young children. Yeah, these are like the kids on the... Um What's the what's the iconic sports folder? Yeah, they're peaches. Peaches, yeah. It's, Except they're five year olds. <laughs> these are before they have gotten onto the junior varsity cross country team. These, but these are the, to me, it's canon that these are the same kids as on peachy folders. Right. But they're younger and they're on. And they're yeah they're they're grape, there's grape lollipop wrappers. To to describe some of them, uh, there's a there's a kid with a with a pair of overalls on and a fishing pole. There are uh, two kids on a tricycle, a couple of kids in a toy boat, a kid on a bicycle, two kids playing marbles. You know, I mean, these are all, a lot of these are sports. There's some roller skating. Do they ever change these? Well, they do because there's some baseball. There are kids on skateboards, uh, which seem like somewhat of a modern addition. The Tootsie Roll, I'm sure you're going to get to this, but the Tootsie Pop goes back to what, the 30s, right? Uh, well, the Tootsie Pop, yes, goes to the goes back to the 30s. The Tootsie Roll actually goes all the way back to the, um, the early part of the century. Yeah, uh, William McKinley loved Tootsie Rolls. He's yeah. always eating them. He died with a Tootsie Roll <laughs> in his mouth. But so for the purposes of this show, when we say Tootsie Pop Indian, um, we're referring to... The costume. The costume. The child dressed as a Tootsie Pop And let's Indian. just say that the, the costume is even more problematic in a way. Today, you would not want to see your white five-year-old wearing an Indian headdress because it, you know, this is not the equivalent of buckskins. That's ceremonial gear. That's like, it's, it's, a, it's not just appropriating somebody's look. It's, it's actually a religious symbol. He's got buckskin pants. He's got a... He's got a, a a bow and arrow that he bought at the Piggly Wiggly. He shouldn't be wearing the headdress, John. Don't. Uh, well, st- stop apologizing for this awful child. But, but this 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 rapper uh, goes goes way way back. So it is a historic. It's a historic document. You think he should get grandfathered in? Well, but also uh, you know it's it, the the races of the children are not clear, but it, but they are uh, they're all pursuing sort of Norman Rockwellian uh, childhood yes. games. When's the last time you saw kids playing marbles? Or I mean, there there's a there's an actual soapbox derby happening here, <laughs> which uh, which I think is also great. When Not I was a thing a, you see a lot. When of. I was a child in the 1970s, my uh, pillow of my sheet and pillow set at night was of Ernie and Bert and maybe some other Sesame Street gang in a soapbox derby. You know, a, a crate racer, uh-huh. milk crate racer. Going down to speeding down hill, and I did not know what it was, <laughs> but I was I wanted to build that. Yes, like if, if Burton Ernie can do, they don't even have legs. If Burton Ernie can build that, certainly I could build one of those out of crates, and I never did. There are three kids around a maypole here. I mean, <laughs> a may- well, this is getting pagan. <laughs> do you have the special Midsommar uh, Tootsie Roll? Wait, there's a there's actually a girl with a hoop and stick. <laughs> <laughs> You're going back in time as you read it. This is impressive. I see a kid dying of diphtheria. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the kids on skateboards right now, and they, one of them seems too young to be on a skateboard. Well, that's the, thing, the, but... the little girl at right. I'm okay with skateboarding, but this looks like her like nine, 18 month old brother in a diaper is on the other skateboard. Start them young. That's the whole. <laughs> that's the whole principle <laughs> that's what of Tony skateboarding. Hawk did, that's right. Look what happened to him. I actually did try to build a, a soapbox car, um, and I found the wheels. I, fa- I found a set of wheels from an old wheelbarrow and so forth. But I could not figure out how to make an axle that turned. 
right? I didn't right. have if you turn the wheel. I didn't have whatever uh, material that was, and my father wasn't especially handy. And well, I mean, so, racking pinions steering is not easy to no. to reverse engineer for a nine year old or whatever. Nine year old. So I built a uh, I built a a soapbox car, but it couldn't turn. And you could lean, kind of lean turn, uh, but it uh, it was basically like a crash mobile, and it kept going down into the gutter and crashing into the culvert, and eventually, like we, I abandoned it as a as a, and I really wanted one too. I wanted I wanted a a little plywood car so badly, but I just didn't have any any adult role, role models to help me out. Well, Ernie and Bert ended up crashing into a culvert too. That's how they died. That's the thing. They died together <laughs> just like they wanted. But you know, where are the kids playing frisbee? I mean, where are the kids like smoking pot behind the high school? There where are, are the none kids of those playing here. Fortnite? Where are the kids flossing? I don't like this Tootsie Pop wrapper. It makes me feel old. Well, but the Tootsie Pop wrapper does evoke memories for you, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. Childhood memories. Halloween disappointment. I'm I'm not a I'm not a Tootsie Pop guy. Oh, is that right? So when you opened your Halloween bag and found a Tootsie Pop, that was that was in the category of like boo. I kind of have this immediate Halloween candy reaction where it's either chocolate or not. And anything like even the worst chocolate is kind of better than the what is the best non-chocolate Halloween treat? Uh mm, 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 bit of honey. No. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you're 85. Uh, there are no good non-chocolate Halloween candies. Some people like Starburst, and I, and I don't dislike Starburst, but I'm yeah, but, like, oh, boy, but boy, howdy, a, a Jolly Rancher. A, a, a Starburst is des- definitely in the category of disappointing Halloween candy. Even, uh, a, even an entire roll of Starburst I would trade for a, for a single Reese's peanut butter cup. Tootsie Pops are... Um, but I like Tootsie Pops. Well, and the thing about... I mentioned chocolate because the whole Tootsie line is a confusing modern uh, kind of a laboratory invention where to- if I'm not, if I'm raw, right about this, the center of a Tootsie pop is a Tootsie roll is a, is it's made of this. It's not, it's not the shape of a Tootsie roll, but it's made of Tootsieum. It is the rare chemical Tootsie-um. element. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think that, do you think of Tootsie rolls as chocolate? See, that's the thing, right? They're the color of chocolate Yes. and they appear, I believe, don't they t- have some kind of chocolatey taste? They do. They have cocoa in them. But the fact that it's, um, when you put it in your mouth, you Doesn't immediately melt. realize, oh, this is some kind of a laboratory taffy. It's a cross between a chocolate, a taffy, and, um, yeah, and some, and three other unholy things it's, that it's you a, would put a, in your it's mouth. It's caramel right. I guess if, so here's the funny thing. If I went to some, um... Snooty, new American, small plate Seattle restaurant, and among their twenty dollars desserts, they brought me some some chocolate caramels. Right, I would be like, "Ooh, a chocolate caramel what, wrapped in wax paper." Yes, and, and a little and some salt sprinkled on it. I would be like, "What a delightful treat! A chocolate caramel." Yes, but that's exactly what Tootsie Rolls are, and uh, John, they're not good. Well, so do you like them? Yeah, Tootsie Rolls. I I have a soft spot for Tootsie Rolls, and Tootsie Rolls are a soft spot already. Um, they're the softest spot in the middle of a Tootsie Pop, for but sure. I, I do like I like a Tootsie Roll. I feel like it's old people candy, just like any caramel. When I was, uh, it's when, like those Brocks, uh, yeah, wrapped or Werthers. Well, Werthers does the hard candies, but remember Brocks has the sort of squishy ones that they oh, they have a weird pink and white yeah, color. No, I don't like those. <laughs> that, oh, that's was like saltwater taffy, basically, but in a yeah, but in a little. 
I'm, I'm sure they're chemically them. stabilized in some way, just like Tootsie Roll, Tootsie M is. Well, Tootsie Rolls themselves were invented around 1907 by a man named Leo Hirschfield. 1907, you 1907. said? 1907. So, so uh, William McKinley could not have enjoyed them. He could not have enjoyed them. These, these, uh, these post-date William McKinley's presidency. Sad. But, uh, but they are, you know, kind of a classic American New York story. Leo emigrated to the U.S. and got a job working at the Stern and Salberg Candy Company and was just kind of like— That's what all companies were named, Stern, <laughs> Stern and Salberg. Do we like better than companies <laughs> as opposed to today when companies are just named Confabco or, or yeah, whatever? Right, aren't, aren't, aren'ts with, <laughs> with two Ys. With an umlaut? Uh, yeah, Stern and Salberg was, you know, it was a New York or like a, uh, a, a Manhattan candy maker. And let me just say, it wasn't the branding didn't exist yet. This was like the best thing they could think of. This was great. You know, Mr. Stern. And you know, you know Mr. Mr. Salberg. Salberg. Their, their, their butterscotch, uh, uh, confections are delicious. And their little licorice, uh, licorice fobs. <laughs> Guess what? They've come together. Uh, and this was, uh, this was a time and until not very long ago, this was true in New York, right? The candy stores were on every, not every corner, but a candy store was a kind of store. My dad used to go to the candy store here in Seattle and get, you know, little penny candies out of a jar. Gathering place, uh, you know, it was, it was where children spent all their disposable income. Right. Right. Every penny you got for doing a good deed. Because you could spend a penny. You went down to the candy you store. A, you get a handful of licorice. Or a nickel for, for that matter. Oh man, think what you could get for a nickel. Um, well, there's, there's still one candy store in, in Ballard, by the way, and it's a but it's a throwback. Is that right? Yeah, kind of a candy. You know, ten minutes from my house, there's a candy store, and but the thing is, to your point uh, on the previous entry about the past being exactly the same, like kids, every kid I see in there is just delighted uh-huh. to be in a candy store. <laughs> like we have, uh, like we think that kids are different, and now they just want to do Fortnite dances. Right. But really, if there were delightful candy stores run by an old man in an apron. The kids would, be, would love it. That the, that's the problem. All the candy stores have turned into cell phone stores now, and the kids are like walking around in, in a state of perpetual disappointment. And that's a rent issue. Yeah. Capitalism has let the, the customer down, not the other way around. The first place I ever played in New York was over in Brooklyn at a place called Pete's Candy Store, which used to be a candy store and now is a dumb hipster bar like every other one. Do they sell still sell candy in some way? Is there, no. is there even a, a nod, a token attempt? No. I mean, unless you consider booze candy. Huh. Yeah, I yeah, guess well, you, I don't, but you used to. You avoid it, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like you would candy. <laughs> we both do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, so Leo had this great idea of the of the Tootsie Roll, which is basically, as we were saying, <laughs> what's, like, what's his idea? What uh, does he come into the board meeting and saying? It's it a, looks like a rabbit turd. It's got um, it's you know, it's sugar and corn syrup and some cocoa and some. Other material. They've got is, eight things in vats at yeah. Stern and Salberg, and he has just mixed them all together. And, it, and it, it's, he finds it uh, it's fun. extruded. I mean, when you when you watch the manufacturing process and you see the Ooh, initial extrusion, walk me through this. What, what's going on? Well, here? you know, they make this big kind of taffy toffee stuff in a pot, and big then, beaters stirring it in a big vat. Yep, and then it comes out of a of an extruder, and it's a log the size of like a fireplace log, and but it looks like a tootsie roll. And it's astonishing. Like when you see one, it's 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 Wait, like why do they make a giant tootsie roll and then carve it up into ten thousand? Well, because little because rolls? you know they 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 spit it out as this big log, and then the, it goes through a process of winnowing, right? Or it, they, they stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it oh, I see. It's through like ver- various conveyor conveyor belts until it's a little that's right until it becomes a little very long thin tootsie roll. 
But when you see a giant Tootsie Roll come out of the machine for the first time, it's like is imagining... Is it watching a baby being born? Well, it is a little bit, but it's also like imagining that your cat is six feet tall. You know, uh, right. it like changes your perception in maybe not a good way. Did I just shrink? You're like, oh no, I don't want a Tootsie Roll that big. So I've never tried like hallucinogenics or anything, but maybe right. I should just go watch a giant Tootsie Roll be born. I think it would freak you out. see if it freaks but, me but out. But I don't know if it would, uh, you know, the, the positive side of hallucinogenics is that it gives you a new... The outlook, man. I mean, it really changes the way you think about like everything. I don't think a giant Tootsie Roll is going to do that unless you took it as a challenge. To, unless, to, write, to write great art about this moment? No, I'm thinking more if someone put like a 25-pound Tootsie Roll in front of you and said, go for it. Like you have to eat this Tootsie <laughs> like it's Roll. One of those, it's one of those trucker steak places where like <laughs> your meal's free if you can eat the ribeye in 20 minutes. If you tried to eat a 25-pound Tootsie Roll, I think you'd come out the other side with a whole new outlook. Imagine a guy eating a big like the size of a baked ham Tootsie Roll with a knife and fork. Just like his, his tongue is sticking out the corner of his mouth as he's about to dig in. Now imagine it's Donald Trump. <laughs> about to dig into this giant Tootsie Roll. I'm looking forward to the fan art uh, about this. Uh, but the Tootsie Roll, it was, you know, it was a hit. And um, and it sort of... It, Is it exactly what we... Because it looks old-timey today. So does. I assume back then it was the same black, dark brown and red wrapper and uh, a little cylinder of brown goo. Yeah, it was. It was... Um, uh, you can look at old... Uh, like advertisements around World War One, where the Tootsie Roll was sort of posited as something that we would give our boys, come, you know, our victorious boys coming home from the war. Like, let's reward them with the best thing we can think of, which is a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> um, Good job, you! You've uh, defeated the Spanish, or you've won World War One. Here's a Tootsie Roll. Yeah, it was a, it was, you know, it was a popular candy, a big hit. They're like, we're going to go back to one of the countries that has full size candy bars. We're not, we're not coming here anymore. In 1917, Stern and Salberg uh, became the sweets company of America. Um, Stern and Salberg, I think, both wanted out of the sweets game by that point. They'd been, they'd been in it for a long time. The company changed its name to the sweets company, um, and Leo Hirschfield. Kind of got in the reorganization. He felt like he he didn't get the compensation package as the genius candy maker that that he imagined himself to be. So he quit Sweets and Company and uh, started his own company called Mel's Candy. Even though um, his name is Leo, his name was Leo. He just loved the sitcom Alice, and he wanted to run a <laughs> that, company called Mel's. All this predates Alice. It postdates McKinley. Predates <laughs> Alice. It's in that weird time oh, period. What, what do we even call that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, Mel's Candy failed, and uh, Leo Hirschfeld uh, committed suicide in 1920. Well, that's not funny. And that is the end of today's episode. <laughs> Future legs. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, so uh, so Leo's out of the picture, but the Sweets Company soldiers on and um, continues to, uh, you know, to expand their line of sweets, but, uh, but Tootsie Rolls being still a big part of their game. But then the Great Depression comes and sweets, like all of uh, all nice things, um, the, the, the Sweets Company the falls sweets, on hard time. The Sweets desiccate and blow away in a, in a harsh Oklahoma wind. That's right. Is uh, uh yeah the kids don't have disposable income anymore. I'm a, yeah, that a, penny could go to 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 buy a, a moldy potato. The pressure must have been rough on on confectioners. 
As it was on stockbrokers. <laughs> yeah, confectioners jumping out <laughs> windows. But they were all safe because they landed in giant marshmallows. Yeah, giant. Well, no. Have you ever landed on a 500-pound on a Tootsie Roll? It hurts. They're impaled That's, on candy they canes. They are not soft. Uh, and an interesting little twist in the story of the Sweets Company, although it, it was a um, – it had it had gone public. It was a it was a, a viable concern, but as they started to experience um, financial difficulty and the and the company seemed like it was kind of failing on the ropes, uh, a uh, a comp- the company that made the boxes and wrappers for the Tootsie Company, a company called the wait for it the Paper Box Company. <laughs> Um, no, See, no, no. that's a name that could be real today. That <laughs> no. could just be some boutique that sells. It wasn't called that. stationery. Oh. It was called. It was. It was called the Joseph, Joseph Rubin and Sons box. Exactly. Company. <laughs> Respectable Jewish fella makes good boxes. We'll that's name right. it after him. And the uh, and the Rubin family and their boxes. They recognized that the uh, that the uh, Sweets Company of America was one of their best clients for buying their stuff. It was uh, the company was failing, and they were afraid that they were going to lose a major contract, and so they bought the Sweets Company of America in order to save um, save the, the the client for their boxes. Talk about what is it? that's not even putting the cart before the horse or throwing out the baby with the bathwater. This was, is this should be its own expression, saving. Yeah, right. S- saving Tootsie Rolls to save boxes. Right, buy the candy company to save the box company. I guess, I, but I mean, that's just, that, again, it's a problem with capitalism. Well, it, it, some it, candy nobody likes propping up some boxes nobody wants. <laughs> they don't, wouldn't have the terrible candy in them. <laughs> the great thing about, and this is a great Depression era uh, anecdote, the, uh, the, the son of Joseph Rubin, one of the sons, Bernard Rubin. Um, Probably went, Baruch, but okay. Baruch, Baruch well, Rubin. I'm sure he was called Bernard down at the Bernie, at the exchange. Bernie Rubin. <laughs> He uh, he actually went independently, looked up all the major shareholders of Sweets Company of America, and contacted them independently and bought their shares. Whoa! So it wasn't like a corporate takeover. He just went around and rang doorbells and said, "You've got you know a hundred thousand shares in American Sweets. I'll give you five dollars a share." And they were like, "Sure." But that is a corporate takeover. It's great, like right? If you saw somebody doing that in a movie, you'd be like, "Hey, this guy's uh, buying out the whole valley. He's got a plan." Right? He did have a plan, and and eventually the Rubin uh, family gained control of uh, Sweets Company of America. And it was uh, it was sort of right before this 1935 takeover. It was 1931, I guess, that an employee of Sweets Company named Brandon Perry invented the Tootsie Pop. Brandon Perry. Brandon Perry. That's a modern name. He's Brand- a time traveler. Brandon Perry. Brandon uh, Perry had eaten Tootsie Pops as a kid, traveled back to the 30s, and invented them. He was a lesser-known character on 90210. <laughs> oh yeah, he's a he's a he's a he's a 90210 chimera. He's got he's got both kinds of sideburns. But the Tootsie Pop was, um, I guess, something that had eluded candy makers for a long time, which was a hard candy pop. With a chewy center. So this is not just his idea, like, hey, we got lollipops, we've got goop, let's put them together. Like, people had been trying to put cores in lollipops. It seems like it— And, and failing. Reading the literature uh, of the time, it seems like it was a major accomplishment. How do you do it? I mean, tell me, Ken, how do you put a chewy center inside of a hard candy shell? I mean, the first thing I would do is I would take the 
lollipop and then I'd coat it with the stuff, but then I realized, oh, I've just done it backwards. Right. I put, the, I put the goop on the outside. The goop on the outside. I understand the impulse because a lollipop is a candy that lasts a little too long. Right. Right? You're licking, you're licking, it's still the same, it's still the same. When you get to the end, it's anticlimactic because you got that fuzzy stick you yeah, don't like. you're just sort of like, Bleh. You're left with the fuzzy end of the lollipop, as Billy Wilder would say. And like so, to... so you can see that the, the dramatic arc of a lollipop is right. not right. That's right. Something should be happening at the beginning of the third act. And you do see lollipops that have multiple uh, layers, right? So there's the inside is some kind of sour lollipop and the outside is sweet. We have those today. Yeah. Would but... they have had those? I guess they have the concentric circle, so at least you're getting down to different... If you're a giant child in a, in a if you're a little child in a sailor suit holding a giant lollipop, they do have the kind with the concentric colors. Yeah, because if you're making a lollipop by dipping it successively in layers of, of right, heart candy or right. sugar or whatever, and it hardens, you can make a lollipop with a thousand, you know, or a, what are they called? A sour, sour pop. But getting the the lollipop goop to the sugar to crystallize around a soft thing had baffled scientists. And what they do, the way they make it, is they, again, extrude Tootsie Roll into its a, long extrusion. A giant vat, vat takes a poop. And then they make candy, uh, which is, you know, just just regular hard candy is basically just sugar and water um, and hot. And they make, a, they make a bed of candy. They roll the candy around the Tootsie Pop, so you have a – around the Tootsie Roll, so you have a long extrusion now of – it's basically it's a like tube? A, a tube, like a loaf, like a Yule log. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I want to go to the, you know, the, the secondhand store at the factory and get a bunch of Tootsie Loaves. And as, as, uh, while it's still warm, somehow they do this magical process where they cut it and, and uh, roll it, and it becomes – uh, this uh, this iconic sort of set Saturnalia of uh, of of candy and pop, candy and toots, <laughs> yeah, well, and what a Saturnalia <laughs> it is. So they, they must crinkle in some way. Yeah. The, the 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 hard stuff is still um, pliable enough that it'll fold around right the edges. But what about the stick, John? Where do you get the? Well, stick? then they then you just push the stick in there while you still have a chance. Got I mean, it. there's it's got to be a pretty narrow window. But you know that's the great thing about industrialization. No, it's it's just two stressed out Lucy and Ethel types on the conveyor belt <laughs> trying to get all this done. <laughs> no, you're right. Today there's probably not a worker in the yeah. whole building. Hausen Incorporated. They got they they uh, they they killed all the Oompa Loompas, and now it's just. You know, three levers doing the whole thing. Did I mention that Leo uh, Hirschfield named the Tootsie uh, Tootsie Roll after his daughter Clara? I sh- it, it bears mentioning he yeah. had a little girl named Clara, and her nickname was Tootsie, as was the style of the time, and um, and he named the candy after his daughter. So our term of endearment, Tootsie. you know, you know, old timey. You know, uh, newspaper reporters or cab drivers hey, calling somebody Toots. Hey, Toots. That uh, that was already a term of endearment. Yep, Tootsie Wootsie, little Tootsie. Like, well, I mean, isn't Tootsie Dagwood's wife? His wife is Tootsie. His wife is Blondie. Tootsie's oh, his daughter. Oh, sorry, Tootsie's his daughter. Right? I mean, maybe right. he sorry, does have Blondie. some weird purity culture <laughs> obsession with Tootsie because she's right. very attractive. And and I think uh, I think Blondie and Dagwood um, uh, started about this same time too, didn't they? Uh, they, they that that cartoon dates all the way back. No, the daughter is Cookie. Oh, Cookie, right. And They're that, all delicious. the cartoon Toot- is called Blondie. What am I talking about? Tootsie's the neighbor. 
Oh. Tootsie's the brunette lookalike of Blondie. Right. So Dagwood has this woman next door who looks like his wife but is a brunette. Yeah. And she's married to this cuck called Herb. Herb. Yeah, Herb's a dummy. So really, I'm sure... Herb's got a virile mustache, though. This is probably some John Cheever, John Updike neighborhood where Dagwood is just plowing through the local... Uh, uh, assortment. I mean, I have to say, as someone who preferred Betty to Veronica, I absolutely preferred Tootsie to Blondie. But it's maybe because familiarity breeds contempt. Like, I see Blondie every day, whereas Tootsie is kind of... Well, Are you 95? I, as I, as a newspaper reader, still. <laughs> as I finish the junior jumble and my eyes drift <laughs> downward. The, show, the strip is called Blondie, even yes. though Dagwood is the protagonist, because it started out uh, as a... Um, the original gimmick was that Dagwood was a... Was a um, what the, the scion of some family of millionaire tycoons. Oh, right, right, right. He's a, he's a loafer, right? Yeah, yeah, but he's, but he's wealthy. He comes from money. Yeah, he's a Gatsby type, and he marries a flapper and is disowned by his wealthy family. Oh. So she's the showgirl who, uh, who leads him down the path to ruin, but instead they just start up a normal suburban life. It's the Duke of Windsor story. Right, and it, it's exactly the Duke, and it predates, really, the American suburban story. So... They come at they come at the American twentieth century story of you know boring suburban lawnmower life through this weird channel of having money, losing it all on a on a drunken weekend, right, and then discovering Levittown basically. Yeah, good for them. I don't know why I'm talking about it to such a degree. But I really <laughs> thought the future should know the secret origin of Dagwood <laughs> Bumstead. And when he eats those big sandwiches, he's like. I used to be able to afford, you know, Cook used to make these for me as a child, but now right. I have to do it myself in the middle of the night. So, Although but, all, that all happened before the invention of the sandwich, let's be honest. <laughs> what, what do you think the origin of Tootsie is as a term Toots. of endearment? Uh, is, there, is there another word that it's a, is it Yiddish? I mean, anything that you put an, an IE at the end becomes a diminutive, basically in any sort of German language, right? Um, itsy, bitsy, mitzy. Uh, yeah, I mean, mitzy to me sounds slightly Jewish. Is is there? A, is it possible that Tootsie comes from some? That this is a Yiddishism Yiddish rather than a yeah, Germ- I... Germanism. Um. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait. In 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 Italian, uh, every uh, like an I at the end uh, diminutizes. Sure, words, and in it? German as well, right? There's German yeah. women named Fritzy and uh, yeah. Schlotsky. Schlitzy. Yeah. (laughs) If you're a German in the 20s, your girlfriend sounds like a deli, basically. Um, I guess it just comes from, I guess the Oxford English Dictionary says it just comes from tootsie, wootsie, wootsie. So it's just onomatopoetic. It's it's the sound of baby talk turning turning into a word. And I don't know if tootsies for, because we say toes are tootsies, right? I mean, we don't in my family, but you may in yours. Really? You don't? Oh, I guess like, yeah. Your little tootsie. Counts your tootsies. I mean, I don't, when my wife gets a manicure, I don't say, oh, did you paint your widow tootsies? (laughs) But I feel like I'm aware in baby talk. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, you're, you're, you're semi-fluent in baby talk. Uh, In 18, as far, as far back as the 1850s and 60s, uh, the, the, the feet of ladies and children were called Tootsies, and in fact, it seems to come from footsie tootsie. So it's maybe a, a portmanteau of toe and foot. Oh, I see. So it, it's not related to the Hutus and the Tootsies. <laughs> no, like you'd think it would be all about genocide, <laughs> but in fact, it's not. It's the one thing on this show that isn't about genocide. I wonder if that's one of the reasons why. The, I mean, we say the Clinton administration didn't take the Rwanda genocide seriously because of uh, 
uh, the problems in in the Balkans. Well, right, and Somalia, and and the helicopter in Somalia, right. Um, But maybe you think it's just that he he thought it was just like a little footy. The name sounds too cute, too too cute to take seriously. Hutus and Tutsis, Hutus and Tutsis. Yeah, of course, there's nothing funny at all about it. But I'm just saying why President Clinton was misled. Right. Well. We should do a whole episode on why President Clinton was misled. <laughs> Entry, blah, blah, blah. Why President Clinton was misled. Okay, so we now we understand that Tootsie's becomes a pet name for his daughter, Clara. Right. And he applies it to the candy because Clara roll sounds weird. Well, but and that's right. And then it becomes, and Clara Pop. Actually, Clara Pop would, I'd. I'd drink well, Clara Pop. Yeah, so would I. <laughs> uh, a funny thing about the way they make Tootsie Rolls is that in the original uh, instructions on making Tootsie Rolls, uh, it includes the idea that at the end of the production day, whatever Tootsie Roll is left is then blended into the Tootsie Rolls that they're making the following day. So you take the old log and you stick it back in the machine. Like a tenth of it or whatever is left. Yeah, and integrate it into the new log. And so within the Tootsie Roll company... There is a kind of uh, like a, a a little bit of a a um, a story, I guess that, or I mean, I guess it's in the same way that every time you smell a fart, there's a little bit of of uh, fecal matter in the air that just Julia, went into your nose. Julius Caesar's last breath, <laughs> right? That 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 there is some little portion of Tootsie Roll from the original batch made by Leo in 1907. So it's, it's still it's, it's like sourdough starter. Yeah, it's, that's it's, right. It's still the same. Still connected to the original Tootsie Roll. So it would be very dilute at this point, like the molecules of Julius Caesar's last breath. But um, particularly in light of the fact that, and I want you to really consider this for a second, they make sixty-four million Tootsie Rolls a day. I have a problem with that because who is eating? Well, a lot of those Tootsie Rolls aren't being eaten. If you look at my daughter's- Are they insulation? If you look at my daughter's Halloween bastic, which is still on top of the refrigerator and is like 89% Tootsie Rolls That'd be hilarious if the market was so inelastic here that they're still making 64 million a day and like literally 60 million are just getting thrown away like weeks later. They're just sitting in paper bags in people's basements. America is slowly filling- Nobody wants those Tootsie Rolls. With Tootsie Rolls. That's That's remarkable. There's 300 million people in America- the average American is eating. Well, I guess some of these go overseas, right? But let's let's say half of those are for America. The average American eats a Tootsie Roll every ten days. I guess there are. I don't. There are twenty for million, every one person like me. There's somebody else eating uh, one every five days. Sixty-four million Tootsie Rolls. I mean, all you have to do is sit down and eat ten Tootsie Rolls in a in a row, and you've you've helped your neighbors. Is that what's happening? Are there power eaters just I eating a hundred so. and making up for people like me that have not had a Tootsie Roll since since the first uh, Reagan administration? <laughs> in addition to the sixty-four million Tootsie Rolls they make a day, they also make. 20 million Tootsie Pops. Wait, the rolls are three times as popular as the Pops. Well, uh, the Pops take quite a bit longer, as we'll see, to to, to get to the center of. Well, how many? Let's, right. hold, hold on a second. So yes. let's say, I'm interested in the uh, how much of the first batch might still be there. Okay. It's because so, it's like homeo- homeopathy, right? Right. It's just a very, very scant trace. You keep diluting uh-huh. the, uh, you know, in the case of homeopathy, the uh, St. John's wort or whatever, the the, the deadly mandrake. Well, it's why Tootsie Rolls are so much more effective now than they were before, because <laughs> <laughs> using the logic of homeopathy, 
you know, your body uh, is activated. Your healing mechanisms are activated. As we all know from Frozen 2, water has memory, mm-hmm. and so do Tootsie Rolls. That means this, this Tootsie Roll I'm holding here has the vibrational memory of the very first Tootsie Roll. If right. They, if, so Leo Hirschfield's suicide is still, is still <laughs> <laughs> present in every Tootsie Roll. He didn't roll. fall in the vat, John. So let's say it's been 100 years, and let's say there's about every day, you say. So let's say every day there's 200... 200 Tootsie Roll making days a year. Why not? Okay, let's, you, you let's think call it's more? it that. 200 Tootsie Roll. You want to no, say 300? No, I say let's, oh, well, do, I don't think they ever shut they that production line down. Do they repurpose the factory for Neko's uh, say, a third of the year? But we have, to, we, have to, uh, we have to account for the fact that they haven't been making 60 million Tootsie Rolls a day the entire time. I don't think we have to worry about the daily output. We just have to worry about the batch. I see. Okay. So every day, part of the batch goes into tomorrow's Uber batch, which, right. which will make millions of, of Tootsie Rolls. So let's say it's 300 Tootsie Roll producing days a year. Oh, yeah. And, no, but you're right. You have to take into account that it has reproduced. Right. Like at first, they were making a batch a day, and now that's getting sliced up so much. Because I was just going to, you know, if the, if the output is the same, then it's very easy, you know. It's you know, it's it's split thirty thousand. Let, let's let's do it as though the times. output were the same. So every, how would the math work? Every day you're putting in. We don't know what per percentage t- doesn't t- get used of the days the previous days. Per, what, what do you want to say? It's ten percent. <sighs> no, it's got to be less than that. They have to they have to have this uh, process pretty well refined. So what do you think it is? It's like one percent. It's every day you think they put in 1%. 1% from yesterday's So what you production. do is you just take 0.01 and you raise it to the power of, in this case, it would be, we're going to get letters if I, if I do Don't this, do this if wrong. If I do this wrong. And I'm probably- Future links from the future that are sentient math are going to be <laughs> super mad. But it means the first day you have a hundredth, but the next day you only would have one ten thousandth, one right? One ten thousandth. So you're raising 0.01, just in one year, you're raising it to the 300th power. Um, That's so a small number. It's, it's going it's to be less than the diameter of an atom long before you get to modern days. Right, right. but it's still there. And it still it still reverberates in every Tootsie Roll. It, but it's just Leo's that magic, memory or his love for Clara. It's it's something yeah. you can't see in an electron microscope it's for sure. It's the feeling of lower Manhattan before urban renewal. It's the sound of a trolley car. That's right. And children uh, rolling hoops on sticks. Yeah. And the disappointed sound of somebody getting a Tootsie Roll because they couldn't afford uh, a, uh, a licorice uh, just, twist. Just picture Don Corleone... <laughs> In uh, like sequestered in Ellis Island because he has tuberculosis. No, no, no it's, it's a little later when he's everything's going well and he's a respected guy walking down the street. Oh, when he kills Don Fanucci. Yeah, and- imagine Don Fanucci. <laughs> this is a Don Fanucci era candy store. <laughs> uh, so the Tootsie Pop is an immediate success in 1931 when it's introduced because it's the Depression and things are bad. Uh, yeah, and and uh, it wasn't enough to keep the Sweets Company of America from being purchased by the paper box company of Joseph Rubin and Sons. But um, but the the Tootsie Pop arrives on the scene pretty well, like pu- pretty fully formed as an idea, and uh, and the rapper, you know, as you can tell from the illustrations, uh, the rapper is communicating 1930s. Uh, childhood adventures, right? Do, do nope. you think? Do you think the original one had the had the similar art, or do you think there's older versions? Is, is this just fake nostalgia? 
Well, as far as I know, and as far as you know, my uh, extensive research has revealed, the Tootsie Pop wrapper um, is a is an artifact of the time because the legend of the Tootsie Pop Indian, the little boy shooting his arrow at a star, uh, there uh, it starts appearing in the records pretty early. Now, what is wh- what is the legend? Well, for those you, in the future who are not aware, you tell me what what you knew as a, as a kid about the Tootsie Pop Indian. I never actually I know of the urban legend you're talking about, and I never heard it as a kid. Oh, because you were overseas. I don't know. We had access to American commissary candy, but maybe there was less schoolyard chatter about American consumer goods because most of my friends would have had less access. So this is a this is a. I know stories you don't know about Korean candies about. Oreo and choco pie and uh, sure. squid flavored uh, crackers. <laughs> this is a this is an, an, an urban legend that exists in my heart and soul uh, from a time before I can I I can recall um, ever having you know it's not a thing that I remember learning. It's your first memory, and uh, it was it was a thing that was traded amongst kids, uh, sort of like um, sort of like. Sex information is traded amongst junior high students. Before you're old enough to know anything good to trade, you talk about lollipops. And the idea is, uh, or, or rather the, the conviction was among kids, that um, if you unwrapped a Tootsie Pop and scanned all these different images of kids playing, uh, playing hoop games and, uh, and racing boxcars mm-hmm. or hopping boxcars. If you found the image of the little boy dressed as an Indian shooting his bow and arrow at a star, or rather shooting an arrow, you don't shoot the bow. You shoot the arrow with the bow. Shooting an arrow at a star. If you found that, then the wrapper became um, became a, 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 an instrument of, of exchange. You could take that wrapper to a store and, Hand it in to the shopkeeper and get another Tootsie Roll for free. And uh, because of the rotating cast on the wrapper, not every wrapper has the in, the the boy dressed as an Indian. Right. The um the 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 graphic the collection of graphic images on the wrapper is large enough that as they produce wrappers for Tootsie Rolls. The images aren't the same on every wrapper. They're there. It's cut it along the way. It got it's a little bit of William Morris <laughs> wallpaper that it, it, it is a repetition. It is a, uh, an Escher drawing, but, uh, but it re- repeats. It's a Scooby-Doo background. That's right. <laughs> and so the way, but it's not so large that finding, uh, finding a Tootsie Pop Indian is that rare of an occurrence. It's actually kind of just the right amount of scarcity. Is but here's my question: If it really is just a simple matter of where the wrapper gets cut, the Indian would be no more or less rare than the other pictures. That it, is exactly true. Oh, okay. uh, it's the, not like the Indian appears once for every, only every five or six go arounds. No, but there are a couple of uh, there are a couple of different things that get added on to it to make it seem more plausibly difficult to exchange this wrapper for a uh, for a free Tootsie Pop and. The 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 uh, addenda to it are that the the Tootsie Pop Indian has to be complete. It it, it can't have its feet cut off or its headdress cut off, like it ha- or the star missing. It has to be the entire image. And and, in, and because a Tootsie Pop wrapper only has 
what, maybe three images stacked on each side, then the Indian is going to get cut off, you know, one in every four times or something. You you often will find a wrapper where the where the um the character is there but but in in one way or another is slightly incomplete. Okay. And then the second aspect is that the Tootsie Pop wrapper has circles on it, rings that um that are again part of the image that sort of uh, and I think the the principle is that the that the ring that's in the center um, as it runs down is sort of meant to be centered over the top of the pop. So it gives the, the Tootsie pop a little bit of a graphical when it's wrapped, it has a little ring Yes, that sort of and, accentuates And the it. ring says <clears throat> Tootsie roll pop, which is annoying because no one calls them Tootsie roll pops. Nobody does. And then the name of the flavor. That's right. So it's got, it has a repeating graphic Tootsie roll pop down the center. And then the, the, uh, the, the figures are <laughs> arrayed along the sides. So the the third complication was that you needed to have a wrapper that had three complete rings that weren't cut off, <laughs> right? So if you had three rings and a complete Tootsie Pop Indian with a star, that this was the wrapper that would get you a free Tootsie Pop if you took it back to the store. Imagine if that's how currency actually worked, like a government being like, you know, these gold rocks are a little too common, it's got to be a gold rock that is kind of egg-shaped and has a little dark part, but only on the top. You know, you wouldn't... Or what if it was actually paper currency? And you're like, hey, if you find one of these green pieces of paper and the pyramid has a, a, an eye on the top, well, that's worth a, a dollar. In a way, I mean, uh, currency collectors, stamp collectors, right? They're, they are taking the things that are mundane instruments and finding unique things about them. Like if, if mistakes, yeah, if your quarter has a mint mark from Denver, it's worth more than that same quarter with a mint mark from Philadelphia. That's true. So people are always looking for this and there's an element of it that, that echoes Willy Wonka's golden ticket too, that it's, there's a, there's enough things have to go right for you as the child that you find one of these that is more rare once you put all these conditions on it, more rare than just, uh, you know, one in four, uh, it starts to become uh, enough of a challenge. And also, how many Tootsie Pops are you going to eat in a day? I, I mean, if, even if you're eating five a day. I wonder if Willy Wonka, as a cultural force, amped this up. This idea that you want to find a special surprise as you open your candy. And barring any real Oompa Loompa factory, the Indian and the star is the best you can get. Well, what's funny is that the Tootsie Pop and Tootsie Roll Company have done a lot of advertising around the Tootsie Pop as a as a you know as trying to create a, the kind of cultural cachet around a piece of candy that that everyone hopes. The Owl is the campaign I remember. So the Owl came came along in 1970, but before the Owl, during World War II, and this was again the style of the time, there was a character called Captain Captain Tootsie. <laughs> Uh, and Captain Tootsie. Early queer icon, Captain Tootsie. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Captain. Captain Tootsie was a superhero just in the style of Captain America who defeated bad guys. Captain Tootsie had a little uh, sidekick who uh, was a little dark-haired kid named Rolo. And then, Does he represent Rolos, the candy? Were Rolos also made by the well, same Well, he's outfit? Tootsie Roll. Oh. Uh, Rolos came later, right? Oh. You couldn't roll a Rolo to your friend at that time. Is it Rolo with two L's? 
Rolo with two L's. Oh, okay, never mind. And then Rolo had three friends. And I think you're going to you're gonna like his three friends. I don't like friends. the expanded Tootsie Cinematic Universe. This is too many <laughs> to remember. Rolo's uh, three friends. There was a little red-headed boy named Fatso. <laughs> wow. And then there was a blonde boy named Fisty. <laughs> <laughs> and then a little blonde girl named Sweetie. <laughs> Uh, her her name poor, probably should have been Tootsie. Sweetie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little Sweetie. Uh, Captain Tootsie fought bad guys, and uh, and throughout the war uh, was a popular. Did he fight Nazis? Uh, I I don't I I haven't found any record that Captain Tootsie directly fought Nazis. Fist the Nazis with Tootsie Pops. <laughs> Go Fisty! <laughs> I don't think today we would name a character Fisty or Fatso. Uh, <laughs> Even Sweeties, I'm I'm finding a little bit problematic. Well, and the fact it's that, clearly the best of the three. The fact that Fatso also had had red hair, boy, that's that's really um, that's like three strikes, right? I mean, redheaded people have it hard enough. They make Junior Mints. Oh, they really? They make a bit of honeys. Like they they make a lot of different stuff. But their sixty million Tootsie Rolls a day kind of define them. And in '66, they changed their name to Tootsie Roll Industries. Ang- was, angering bit of honey fans. And it was not, well, how many of those are there? <laughs> uh, in 1970, they came out with their iconic commercial starring the owl, the little boy who walks around. And the, the, the original commercial is kind of, you don't see it very much, although I remember it from the time. It's animated, right? It's, it's a, a little cartoon. And a little boy goes to a variety of barnyard animals, a cow. Mr. Cow. Yes? How many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I don't know. I always end up biting. And a turtle. Mr. Turtle, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? I never made it without biting. I mean, a turtle's not a barnyard animal, I guess. But he goes to several animals and says, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? And the different animals are like, I don't know. I can't, I can't, I can't be bothered. Uh, to it's a little red hen scenario. Yeah, I just a I series just, of unhelpful animals. I just bite into it. Why don't you go ask the turtle? You know, and the turtle's like, I just bite into it, and eventually the little boy is directed to the owl, a very smart owl wearing a wearing a uh, like a scholar's hat. Mister Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center of a Tootsie Pop? A good question. Let's find out. One, two, three. If there's anything I can't stand, it's a smart owl. Now, the naked commercialism behind this, I mean, this and the, I guess you could weaponize the Indian and the star myth in the same way, but really they're just trying to get people to eat Tootsie Pops faster. I don't find it irresistible to bite into a Tootsie Pop. I'm, I'm quite happy looking at a Tootsie Pop. I'm a, I'm a two marshmallow child. Well, this, this really resonated with the world of the time. Uh, it resonated with me. I don't know if you remember, in the mid-70s, they also had a theme song for Tootsie Rolls. No. That went, Can you um, hum it for me? Whatever, whatever it is, is I, think I, I think I see. Roll to me, something like that. Have you ever covered that on stage? No, although I think probably there are a thousand indie rockers that have. <laughs> well, just learn the chords. Um, and that also kind of got ingrained in my head. Whatever it is, I think I see becomes a Tootsie Roll to me. And their cartoon Whoa, was like horrifying. Some kid looks at a at a hippopotamus and it becomes a Tootsie Roll, and a kid looks at a blimp and it becomes a Tootsie Roll. It's just like you and your twenty five twenty five pound Tootsie Roll. That would be a eat. crippling 
psychic. I mean, imagine the therapy that would go through. Like you wouldn't be able, there's nothing in life you could cope with. That guy couldn't hold down a job. Yeah. Imagine him trying to love his wife who turns into a Tootsie Roll. roll. It's it's King Midas. But this is just, this is a, a problem afflicting children. Hopefully, I mean, no adults appear in this ad. They're just trying to get kids to eat more Tootsie Pops by crunching into them faster. You know, because the, the problem with the Tootsie Roll is you can eat one for 45 minutes. Some guy at a desk somewhere, some evil Don Draper type is like, how do we get kids to eat uh, three Tootsie Pops right. an hour instead of one? If they just chewed them faster. Well, or if we made it, if we made this sport, the sport of trying <laughs> to figure out how to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Oh, would you can't, would you literally count to see? Yeah, well, this was the, this is what happened, right? And the, the Tootsie Pop, Tootsie Roll Company has never, uh, has never taken advantage of the urban legend, uh, where you were, where, where a Tootsie rapper actually won you a, a free Tootsie Roll. They've never roll. redeemed. They never have. Their website, I looked up on their website, they have a thing saying, sorry, it's just a fun legend, but they're delicious. Now, there are tons and tons of examples of uh, little country stores, including I've heard from people that the one on Vashon Island here would redeem uh, the uh, the Tootsie Pop Indian with the star and the three rings for oh, that's a funny. Tootsie, Tootsie Pop. Poppy Meyer runs to that store like when she's out there. Yeah, and, it's a great little store. I, maybe she's too old for candy stores now, but she used to just run over there and chit chat with the with the folks. I think there are plenty of shopkeepers that tried to do it, but maybe they didn't they didn't add the three rings condition or something and they, and they and went they, broke. They realized that they can't <laughs> keep giving away Tootsie Pops because there's one in four. All those places are out of business now. Although I think most kids like me uh were excited to get a wrapper that met these conditions, uh would fold it up and keep it, but never actually tried to go into a store to redeem it. And I think it's you'd lose you'd lose your souvenir. Well, it also falls into the Santa Claus category where mm. where as a kid you don't want to find out that this isn't true. You would rather believe that this was worth something uh than ha- than go to a store and have the person, you know, have whoever it is that's at the 7-Eleven go, "What? No, get out of here." It's why I don't look at my kids' browser histories. I, I, you know, hmm. I just want, that seems I, just, unsafe. I just don't want to know. <laughs> Is, but, the, uh, but the Tootsie Pop company recognized that they needed, or the, I'm sorry, the Tootsie Roll company recognized that they needed to address this issue because, um, because they had, they kind of had a monster on their hands and there is a lot of fan interaction, uh, customer interaction with the Tootsie Roll company. Um, they have received over 20,000 letters from kids, both inquiring about whether or not their wrapper is worth a free Tootsie Pop, and also uh, reporting on their personal experiences in or personal experiments uh, uh, on how many licks it takes to get to the center of it. So the Pop. effect of the ad has actually been to make people eat Tootsie Pops slower because they're they're essentially doing Tootsie Pop edging. They're trying to... They're just trying to lick as long as they can. Well, I I feel like the at least in my experience, if you get to a Tootsie Pop really, if you get to the center of a Tootsie Pop really quickly, it's not like you reach into your holster and grab a second Tootsie Pop, right? I mean, a Tootsie Pop <laughs> is is a thing that either lasts uh, lasts as long as it lasts. It's one a day, right? You don't you don't sit in. I mean. The faster you eat them, it's they're not like potato chips. And you can keep licking in the same place to get to the core, right? You're not trying to lick away all of the grape. You're just trying to 
tunnel through. Well, so there are two different there are two different theories. Are there two different events? There are two different methods. <laughs> um, there have been a surprising number of experiments devoted to uh, to figuring out the actual number of licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Um, again, kids have uh, have written in in the in the thousands. Uh, generally, kids uh, the 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 range of variation for how many licks it takes a, a group of any group of kids to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop ranges between about a hundred licks and fifty eight hundred licks. I'm very skeptical of a hundred. Well, I, I think you're right to be skeptical. the the average The average of of child reported experimentation is six hundred licks, but that is based on the even licking licking method of, uh, of getting to, to the center of trying to get rid of the whole thing. Yeah, which is licking around the pop and trying to arrive at the center uniformly from all sides. It's, it would also be length of lick. I mean, if you're just kind of lapping at it like a cat drinking milk, that's one thing. But well, um, if you're if you're allowed to actually draw your tongue around the whole thing in some erotic Sherilyn Fenn fashion. Mm, hello. That would be... That was a great reference. <laughs> <laughs> like that you would put be a, me right back. That would be a little different, right? That would be well, fewer licks. So um, uh, this this should give us pause because as people who are, are, are uh, pretty soon going to be paying the college tuitions of, of our children, um, no fewer uh, than at least four different universities have dedicated resources and time to peer reviewed journals to have... uh, building machines, licking <laughs> machines <laughs> to test this. The university of, or rather Purdue university invented a machine that uh, a licking machine that got to the center of a Tootsie pop in 364 licks. Hmm. But uh, during this process of, of building and, and testing this machine, imagine the fake tongue. It's it's got to be calibrated to have about the uh, the uh, friction right. and the moisture of a and real softness tongue. of a human tongue. Picture picture what the the students at Purdue came up with. Picture a fake tongue licking a Tootsie Pop in, on a human face forever. But kind of like you, uh, uh, you and uh, and Brad Rudder competing against Watson. Uh, they also had 20 volunteer students compete against their licking machine. <laughs> That's the grossest John Henry <laughs> contest ever. And uh, their volunteers averaged about 252 licks mm, to get to the center yeah, of the Tootsie Pop. Yeah, human race. That's right. The humans beat the machine. University of Michigan uh, also came up with a machine that uh, took 411 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. Uh, the University of Cambridge came in way, way off the... Off the bubble here. I'm very disappointed this is spread across the Atlantic. Almost 3,500 licks, according to their machine. So that's why the British Empire is is, yeah. is dying. That, if you're going to buy a machine, that's not the machine. You didn't you even buy. have to look at the Brexit vote. You could you could look at those results and see what's going on there. University of Florida built a machine. There are a lot of uh, a lot of different attempts to to mechanize this this contest. And um, and what a sad. I mean, that's kind of a sad trend thing. You know, universities and scholars pouring resources into this because they know it'll be one of these pop science headlines. Yeah, it's a it's it's pr- part of the whimsicalification of science as a uh, I think as a way of trying to make it appealing to kids. Yeah, I guess that's the upside. Yeah. It's like science can solve problems. You understand Jimmy and Susie and Tootsie that's right. and Fatso and Fisty. 
Tootsie, the Tootsie Pop Company loves this stuff, and they have uh, they have uh, the Tootsie Pop Squad comic, which is just the absolute worst sort of <laughs> like. Let's go, kids, and bring your Tootsie Pops while we solve a mystery. Every time I see these comics, I always think these are horribly drawn. Yeah, and the page rates for superhero comics are not super high. Like you could get somebody to do this that would look like a plausible Iron Man comic, right? Paying them one hundred fifty bucks a page, and yet. Yeah, it, it's These things uh, always look it's, terrible. It's, it's, it's not as good as South Park. Right? <laughs> uh, they also have uh, Mr. Owl's Treehouse Club, which I think it was the original, and that that spawned the Tootsie Pop Squad. Um, but they reply. The Tootsie Roll Company replies to kids. Any kid that writes in, uh, either writes in asking whether or not their their rapper is redeemable. Mm-hmm. Or writes in with a, a suggestion about uh, how many licks it takes. Like any, any kid self-reporting a number. Gets a personal reply. And um, kids that report how, that, they, that they have done this test, uh, they get a certificate that, that uh, makes them members of the Clean Stick Club. Uh, they get a clean stick award, which again, I don't think that, I would. That's would, still what we're calling it in in 2019. I don't think I would give a kid a clean stick award. I want my kids to be in the clean stick club. But, but what it says on the clean stick award is that Tootsie Roll declares that you are one who knows. They don't confirm the kid's findings. It just says one who knows. You are one that, who knows. That's a very mystical it's turn nice, of phrase. Right? It really does seem like they have gnostic knowledge now right you are one who knows but in response to the legend of the indian rapper uh they recognized that they needed to do something and so they wrote in the uh 1980s they wrote a an actual legend uh where the inventor of the tootsie pop was trying desperately to achieve this this uh, previously unachievable feat, which was to make a popsicle that had a chewy center. And uh, this, uh, this inventor in his workshop late one night believed that, or was trying to make the popsicle star shaped for some reason. He thought that's how to do it. He thought if he could just make a star shaped pop with a chewy center, he would, he would have achieved greatness. People are getting angry that you're calling lollipops popsicles. I'm sorry, lollipop. A lollipop, a star-shaped lollipop. With so, a why would that make it easier? Center. That would be much That's harder. That's just what he was trying to do. Much and harder. in the night, an apparition appeared of a great Indian chief. And the Indian chief silently <laughs> took out his bow and arrow and aimed it out the window at a star <laughs> and shot his magical arrow at the star, at which point the star turned into a moon. <laughs> and the inventor r- realized that the Indian chief, who in this case was a Native American yeah, chief. Yeah, not a kid in a costume. Not a kid in a costume, but a real an Native actual, American. An actual spirit who is somehow wandering the astral plane inspiring candy, white mm-hmm. candy inventors. He rec- the, 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 uh, the, the great chief recognized that this candy inventor needed a little push from beyond. And in, in seeing this vision, then when the candy maker awoke, he realized that 
what the great chief was telling him was not to make a star-shaped lollipop, <laughs> but to make it shaped like a moon. Instead, to make a round lollipop, if, you, if, round, you, can, if you can imagine. A round a lollipop <laughs> with a chewy center. And that was the that solved the problem. <laughs> And the and the candy maker and went on to make Tootsie Pops, which then changed the world. This is still what the what Sweets and Co is telling kids today. They send it to kids. They tell kids that there's a, a an Indian ghost, an Indian ghost, and even after all we did to their people, they are kind enough in the next world to come back and inspire modern entrepreneurs. Well, and I'm guessing that this was Brandon Perry that had this uh, that had this <laughs> mystical experience. Mm-hmm. Sitting in his 1931, uh, you know, Hoover Town, and uh, and so the the great chief, unnamed, probably not Satyakum or uh, or any name that they would have given it would have been terrible, and I don't right. want to know. Like right. it'll be you know heap big candy knowledge or whatever, and <laughs> right. it'll be racist. So this was the Tootsie Pops, uh, the Tootsie Pop Company's solution to this problem was to say to to kids, look. We're not going to give you a free pop, but we are going to give you a strange, mystical, insane, insane, uh, like origin story involving uh, a uh, like it, a 1980s version of what would be an acceptable intrusion of Native American culture into our dream lives. And that concludes the Tootsie Pop Indian. Entry 1317.LA0312, certificate number 33486, in the Omnibus. Now, future links, we have no assumption that social media will exist in your era. Hopefully, weird uh, racist corporate mythology has gone as well. Uh, But uh, if you have either of those, you can find our uh, non-racist tweets and posts at Omnibus Project at John Roderick and at Ken Jennings on uh, variously Twitter, Instagram, whatever. Uh, We don't have much of a Facebook presence except for our beloved futurelings who are probably annoyed at this very moment that I said the G in Gnostic as if it were actually pronounced that way (laughs) because they don't know that I was doing a bit. Uh, You could send us email at the time at our address theomnibusproject at gmail.com send us your fun reactions send us your submissions, send us your anger uh, that we did not call the character the Tootsie Pop Native American Mm. Uh, if you want to send us physical artifacts or you know, threats or bombs uh, you can send those all to us at the Omnibus Project PO Box 55744, Shoreline, Washington 98155. They'll be delivered to us in one of those mail trucks, so beloved of many of our contemporary listeners. Another thing you could contribute uh, is uh, to the financial stability of the show. Uh, If you would like to show your generosity and your appreciation for anything you learned here today about corporate racism, uh, you can uh, become a supporter of The Omnibus and receive our fine addenda monthly episodes at patreon.com slash Omnibus Project. Futurelings, an interesting thing about the Tootsie Roll company, Tootsie Roll Industries, is that it is still headed by Brandon Ellen, Perry. By Ellen Reuben Gordon, 
the daughter of one of the sons of Joseph Rubin and Sons. Um, Ellen Rubin Gordon is now it's still in a her, family business in her late eighties or early nineties. As as recently as 2015, um, she and her family were listed in, uh, as uh, the 193rd wealthiest family in America with uh, 1.2 billion dollars wealth. Are the are the 192 ahead of her people who invented 192 kinds of candy that are better than Tootsie Rolls? What's amazing to me is that. There are 200 families in America worth over a billion dollars. And the fact is you can get there with Tootsie, with a century of Tootsie Rolls. Yeah. She and her husband ran, uh, ran the Tootsie Roll Industries. He died uh, in 2015. She is, uh, yeah, almost 90 now. She, owns, she and her family own 60% of the company. And um, she is the CEO and president, just like out there rocking. Think about... Um Think about a candy that's better than Tootsie Rolls. Think about a Whatchamacallit bar, if those are still sold. No, I, I don't know if a Whatchamacallit's better than a Tootsie Roll, but it's certainly a Hershey bar with almonds is. Uh, yeah, but nobody, uh, nobody's a billionaire for inventing those. Hmm. Once again, capitalism has rewarded the wrong people. Hmm. The you, one- and, you and I are going to disagree on whether or not the Tootsie Roll family should be uh, – worth a billion dollars. I think they should. Well, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying, but if they are, why is the whatchamacallit guy not a billionaire? He may be. We haven't done, we haven't done a deep dive on the whatchamacallit whatchamacallit billionaire. (laughs) Um, Futurelings, from our vantage point in your distant past, when we were still eating old people candy and and dreaming of Native American mystics, uh, we have no idea how long our civilization survived. We hope and pray that the catastrophe we fear may never come. Although I'm confident, even if you are sentient math, that Tootsie Rolls, which do not appear to expire, <laughs> uh, they do get kind of chewier as time goes on. Are, are like, there stories of people finding some 1920s uh, uh, Tootsie Roll and dad's old World War One stuff? Well, something? I don't need a, a story because I find old Tootsie Roll pops <laughs> in my own stuff all the time. And I'm like, how long has this been here? I haven't opened this box in 20 years. It, listeners, every time you uh, find a Tootsie Roll, you need to date it. Put a date on That's it right. and just leave it in the back of a junk drawer and then see what happens. See in what happens. Years. Try it in 50 years. Um, if the worst comes soon, this recording, like all our recordings, may have been our final word. But if Providence allows, we hope to be back with you soon for another entry in the omnibus.